Hey everybody and welcome back to the Modern Majority. We're James and Zach and this is our What the Fuck Quick Take. What the fuck happened, Zach? Oh, Jimmy. It was Peter Mayer, uh, Republican representative uh, from the House of Michigan. Okay. And actually, dude, uh, since we call our show the Modern Majority, this is, this is one of the moderate guys. He's a moderate Republican. Sure. One of, uh, I think, 10 in the House that actually voted to impeach Trump after the January 6th stuff. Okay. An impeachment trial and um, made that a bipartisan impeachment in the House. And uh, and Trump's actually going after. But my – so somebody might say, well, how come, you know, they listen to our other uh, WTF quick takes? And it is from the the usually uh, kind of radical players mm-hmm. of the Republican People Party. People saying it's not shit. Yeah, yeah. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I would expect – I expect that from Rand Paul or Lauren Boebert or Marjorie Taylor Greene or, you know, Senator Ron Johnson, yeah. class, class act. Oh, what a class act. Um, but Peter Mayer, you're, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think. But this is a more nuanced uh, WTF quick take. You know, kind of you, you, you alluded to it when we were talking for the setup for this um, because it's very subtle. And, and the issue I have uh, with, with his comments uh, that we'll get into here in a second is that you know, if there's going to be a moderate majority, we're going to come back to a bipartisan consensus where, you know, the you know two parties work together uh, to create solutions for the American people and make each other better um, through compromise and things like that. Uh, what he did uh, on Chuck Todd's uh, NBC Meet the Press on Sunday morning uh, when he did this back around January 2nd of 2022 uh, doesn't help the situation. Um and so let's get into it. Yeah. And yeah then explain we'll break to us what happened. So essentially he was there mm-hmm. and um, to talk about kind of the impact, the lasting impact that Trump has and, and why after the January 6th stuff, um, the, the party didn't break away from Trump. Like that wasn't kind of the coup de grace, you know? Yeah, they can't kind of kick the Trump yeah, addiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Chuck Todd, Chuck Todd cited Lindsey Graham when he kind of started this, this part of the interview. And he says, and Chuck Todd says, quote, in the words of Lindsey Graham, Enough is enough. I'm out of here, right? I, I'm done with this. The, the party's going to move on. Trump's going to be left behind. Boy, did that not happen. Why do you think that didn't happen? And so this is what he asked. He asked Mayor, Rep. Mayor. And so Rep. Mayor says there's no alternative. There was no other path. And, and I think, you know, um, Todd was kind of shocked by this. And, and Mayor kind of, he presses Mayor. Mayor goes on. And Mayor says, quote, Given how President Biden, when he was elected in office, you know, said he would be moderate and look for bipartisan solutions. But then after, and frankly, I blame the former president for this, after we lost the two Senate seats in Georgia and the Senate flipped, it became an exercise in trying to be an LBJ or FDR style presidency and enact transformational change in the absence of any compelling mandate from the American people to do so. Um, Then he goes on to say, so that gave a rallying signal that created a very steep divide. And at the end of the day, there's no other option right now in the Republican Party. So right there, Todd in the interview kind of realizes he's kind of kicking the can and the blame over to Biden, which is not the issue. It's why can't Republicans it, deal with break from fault. Trump? Yeah, yeah, it's not the Democrats' job to get Republicans to break from Trump. And and so, you know, he says, Todd says, you can't seem to kick their Trump habit, you know. Um, and why is it not the responsibility of House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and the Senate minor, Majority Minority Leader Mitch McConnell? And so then Mayor goes back and he says... Quote, we have a two-party system, and in the best-case scenario, each party challenges the other to do better, to be better, to have a scenario where iron sharpens iron. Instead, if you have one party plumbing to the depths and the other just uses that excuse to go further, 
to go more to an extreme, to go more away from any sort of governing consensus and towards trying to enact whatever the will of the most extreme constituency they have is, you know, that's a recipe for both parties to drive further away from anything that resembles serving the American people as a whole, end quote. And this is when I had my what the fuck moment. Okay. Because, first of all, he insinuates that Biden didn't have a consensus. Well, Biden won by more than 8 million votes. And we hadn't had a popular vote bashing that big since like Ronald Reagan versus Carter. Yeah, numerically, sure. Numerically mm-hmm. speaking, right? Yeah. Um, but then he says he was supposed to run as a moderate. Well, I'm pretty sure the infrastructure bill was bipartisan and was one of the two massive pieces of legislation he got sure. through for the year. So I'd say 50% of, and, and actually they've passed a number of bipartisan things too since then, minor things that don't get a lot of press, he signed off on. So there's actually probably been more bipartisanism in Biden's first year than there was in anything Obama presided over for eight years with all the obstructionism, anything that Trump presided over, and they didn't really have any ideas or do anything other than trying to break the health care uh, and, and get tax, and, and get tax cuts, which they got done. So... So he sits there and he, he says, well, he's trying to be transformational like LBJ. How dare he try and, to be transformational? And FDR. And, but then it's, the, it's, the, it's that and then kind of bobbing and weaving and then this subtle, you know, oh, well, you know, when we're going to the depths, but then you guys are going more to an extreme and you're trying to enact whatever the will of the most extreme constituency you have is. Not serving anything that resembles what the American people need as a whole or want. Okay, so... Right there, that's my issue. So Pete Mayer is equating FDR and LBJ with the most extremist members of the Democratic Party and what they want. So FDR is like generally rated in the top three presidents of all time. And we know from our episode, episode two, um, you know, it's the economy stupid. The, the, the Kennedy LBJ administration presided over the best economic period for the private citizen, the small business, the corporation, and the American government. And FDR sat at number two. So that whole range uh-huh. of transformational policy, which also puts these guys, and let's put FDR three, uh, that's not us, that's presidential historians and scholars, C-SPAN's 2021, um, Eisenhower at five, Truman at six, LBJ is in the in the top 10 or right there at 11 or 10 or 9. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Um, but you got guys that represent basically the top 10, the best of the best of American presidents. And now this guy is throwing a dog whistle and a red herring trying to equate extremists. So FDR was an extremist, Jay? Well, I think... I think LBJ's yeah, an extremist? Yeah, my, my problem is, is if you have... They're an ISIS? If you have anything... God, just the the thought of that. Al Qaeda. If you if you are a president that does anything for anyone, you're you're somehow an extremist. It's like this is what I don't understand. He mentions OBJ and FDR, and you're you're looking at the policies of OBJ and FDR, and I, I don't think it's extreme. Obviously, the idea of doing something for the American people is extreme. It created the American century. Course, the 20th century is the American century because of those but policies. This is, this is the problem that I have is that, is that it, regardless of the ranking where the historians put them, C-SPAN historians put them. Okay, just go with what it did for what us. What it did for us, right? I have a big problem with somebody who fashions themselves in the, in, 
in the moderate sort of realm of, of the political spectrum that he's but at the same time he still has to win elections he still has to go out there and win the problem with this is, is sometimes you're going to be judged as a moderate based on how you're winning those elections and if you're throwing dog whistles out there to say hey listen i'm really a republican i think fdr and lbj was a, they were complete weirdos and stupid for doing what they're doing you're you're really ignoring american history at this point and that's my big issue is you first off you're an extreme for doing anything for the american people and i think we've seen the republican party their platform that it's not about doing things for the american people it's about limiting government it's about limiting the ability of the government to do anything yeah. for anyone it, it, other I, than the very very wealthy and, in terms and of this is th- this is my issue you have a moderate and so people are <clears> looking to him but he has no problem Sitting there going, well, the reason we're dealing with this thing is because those people over there, the Democrats, they're fucking crazy. And that's so fucking late. They're, that's they're, putting yeah, it on, on – yeah. it's putting on Democrats the reason why Trump is still – And I'm going to do something crazy here. Oh, shit. That we haven't done in air runs oh, no. with this one. I'm going to give props to Joe Manchin who went on a Sunday show recently with Lisa Murkowski because mm-hmm. Joe Manchin is like, you know, I'm a moderate. I sit right in the middle. I sit right on some issues. I sit center left on some issues. Yeah. And it drives it drives the Democrats party, specifically the progressives and either the president trying to get some agenda stuff done. And you can disagree on some of those things. But he sat there with Lisa Murkowski and he endorsed her. He endorsed her for her election in Alaska, knowing that Trump's going after because she's one of the few moderates left. At least he sticks to, he didn't sit there and go, yeah, Trump's an asshole, and I got some fringe people that don't make a lot of sense in my party. But Lisa's party is out to lunch. She's a fascist and a Nazi and an autocrat because that's her party. He didn't sit there and bash the Republicans. He's He at least sits there, and I'm just in within this scope. Uh-huh. He claims to be a moderate and sit in the middle, and he is. And that frustrates a lot of people sometimes, and it's frustrating me. But he doesn't bash the other side. He doesn't sit there and go, I'm a moderate, but you're all Nazis. You're all Nazis. Yeah. And And – and Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and their job on the select committee don't sit there and take questions and go, well, yeah, uh, no, we're searching for the truth. We're going to give the American people the answers of what happened. Um, and, and and the two of us are here to stop the socialists and the communist Democrats from running off and turning this into a kangaroo court. We're keeping it legitimate. You're, they, say, you're saying that that type of verbiage and that type of action does legitimize whatever it is that you're trying to do. Whether it, it be it, if you're yeah. if you it, it delegitimizes yes. the moderate approach. Yes, it delegitimizes. Yeah. You are you are yeah. anything but. You can't sit there and play say I'm you a moderate. You can't be on the fence here at this. Yeah, point. Yeah, you can't be on the fence. You either have to be it. And so if you're going to be it, be it all the way. What I'm saying is I I have more respect for the three other politicians I just named. Yeah. Than Peter Mayer for going out there and playing this like. Well, it's not really our fault that we can't get it back together, and I'm one of because, like 15 people because Joe, Joe Biden gave us, gave us no option, and he's an extremist, and and he wants to be FDR, and so LBJ, tying those he got no together. mandate. This is this this imaginary number that they must have in their brain that because uh, you hear this all the time from the Republican side is what what's the number? What do you have to win by in order to have a mandate? How how are the how are the moderate Republicans who still vote Republican vote for folks folks like Peter Mayer going to ever come back and work with Democrats? If this is their position, if their moderate is telling them that the Democrats are extremists. Yeah, I know. And the FDR is an extremist. Yeah. And the LBJ is an extremist. Yeah. I mean, you can have your Reagan. You can prop him up as a hero if you're a Republican or you're you're Trump. Don't fuck with FDR. (laughs) So, so when we look at when we look at the very minimal amount of Republicans who are willing to come to that middle, there's our answer right there. Because even the guys that are guys who are staking out sp- a middle ground, supposed to being middle ground, are, are throwing out this vitriol and this extremist bullshit. Oh man, dog whistle. 
All right, well, that'll wrap us up for our... What the fuck? Quick take.